Hello and welcome to the Techpedition Podcast for December 29th, 2017. It's Friday? Yeah, it's Friday. It's, it's Friday. <laughs> Don't do it. Friday. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's Friday. The last Friday in 2017, man. And the last episode of our revamp, relaunch, season two, Tape Condition Podcast. Yeah. It's been a fun year, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're in the same room right now. Yeah. That's a first <laughs> since... Um, yeah. That's first since the live original recording. opinion, yeah, Gcast. Yeah, we did. Well, we did like a YouTube video version of the show, like oh, back in the day at your oh, house. Yeah, that was years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been a minute, man. It has been a minute, but yeah, in Mississippi for the holidays. So I thought, why now? Like right now, I'm actually a geek recording in the South. So that's <laughs> that's nice. Um. Geek recording in the Midwest is your usual uh, MO. <laughs> Doesn't really roll off the tongue. Grit, grit MW or something. Yeah. yeah, man. Nice to have you back in the silk, dude. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. Just got to leave pretty soon and get ahead of that snowstorm that's coming or the cold. Oh, yeah. The, the great winter storm of 2017. Or the last of 2017. I just think it's funny that you guys have had more snow than we have. Like the, yeah. We haven't had any snow yet. And you guys have had, like, had it. Wow. We haven't had any. Unless it snowed since I left. <laughs> we haven't had any snow. But it's about to snow this weekend, though. So Yeah, we got a nice little blanket of it uh, a week or so ago. It was pretty, it was oh, pretty yeah. nice. Pretty nice. <laughs> it was going in a couple of days, so that's always good. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> always good. But uh, back to tech, which is why we're here. Um, so um, do you want to kind of do a recap before we jump into the main discussion of just some what were some things that you just really liked about 2017? Some of your high points or oh man, picks? I guess you would say your picks of 2017. Uh, well, my number one pick would be the, uh, be John, Donald John Trump. <laughs> <laughs> no, scratch that. Tick, tick, tick. Nah, man, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking of. I'm trying to think of what big things we had. We got the iPhone X this year. Blah, um, blah, blah. <laughs> Uh, you know, they slow down the iPhones to make them better. <laughs> it's the fastest iPhone ever because we slowed all the other ones down. That's just crazy. Can you believe they admitted to that? I can't believe they actually admitted to it, man. Like, And it's funny. They were like, yeah, our patch slowed us down, but we would never intentionally harm our old iPhones to make you buy a new one. And it's like, yeah, um- right. Okay, what what they said, the reasoning behind it makes sense. Okay, we're doing it to prolong the life of your phone to make the battery last longer. But that being said, I think it's still something they should have at least, you know, kind of told people they were doing it. You know? I don't know, man. If it looks like a fish and it flops like a fish and it smells like a fish... Just feel a little fishy. But I know people who say the same thing about the Mac updates, the uh, OS updates, too. So I wonder, are they doing the same thing there? And it's funny because, like, this has nothing to do with Apple, but there's always this. I mean, just as far as I can remember, as long as I've been in tech, there's been the whole Sony timer thing where they, like, manufacture their products to last as oh, long yeah. as yeah. and last just as long until the new version comes out and then what, it breaks. What they call it planned obsolescence or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I think is hilarious yeah. and smart, business smart, but I guess not uh, very consumer friendly. Yeah, I guess I have a, a few other. I, I'll let you uh, uh, fire off one. Uh, okay. Um, my main my main number one pick of twenty seventeen would have to be Ryzen, and the only reason I say that is because 
AMD has been the redheaded stepchild of the CP, computer CPU um, market for years now. Um, they haven't really been competitive since like AMD F164X2, which was like almost 10 years ago. Um, they released, they released bulldozer, bulldozer parts like eight years ago and that just pretty much killed their, they overshot and they try to do too much and AMD, I mean, Intel's just been killing them. So yeah. they're finally competitive again. I mean, this is a good year for AMD, but especially for their CPU. So I, I would say the Ryzen launch was probably my favorite thing in 2017. So I know we talked about it before, but what turned it around for AMD? Like, what was the catalyst that kind of made them get get on board? I mean, was it new management, new direction? Um, I don't necessarily think it's new management. What Really what happened was um, with their Bulldozer product, which was their last big, that was going to be their big thing after the FX and after um, Athlon 64, which was like, the Athlon 64 stuff was killing Intel. Intel caught up. So AMD is like, okay, we're going to add more cores. Ah. And um, they focused on multi-core performance, but they did they forgot about single-core performance, apparently. And Intel's <laughs> CPUs didn't have as many cores, but the single-core performance was so much better than AMD's. Their processors, the cores didn't matter because their processors were still way faster. So you could have had like an eight-core AMD bulldozer CPU. And you take a four core Intel, whatever the product was, I think it was core two quad or something at the time. And the the single core IPC was just so much better that it would just stomp on it. Oh man. And once they headed down that road, it just took a long time for them. They pretty much had to re-architecture all their CPUs. They couldn't really iterate. They just had to start from scratch. Yeah. And um the result of that is rising. Um, so I just think it's really, really cool. It just took them a while to catch up, you know? Yeah. I mean, what's the landed at a good place now? I mean, it seems like that, that their processor and the slate they have for the next few years is, is going to be pretty, pretty good. Yeah. It's not, it's still not, their single core performance isn't really competitive. Well, it's competitive with Intel's. It's not, it, Intel still's winning there, but if you take performance, the performance is close enough and the single, the multi-core performance is much better. Uh-huh. And the price is much better. So that all that stuff together makes them ultra, ultra competitive. Intel's still a performance king, but you're going to pay a hefty premium for that extra 10% of performance. So, you know, I, I think it's a good, it was a good year for AMD, even though the Vega launch wasn't as great as they would have hoped. Um, it's, it was a really good year for them. Huh. Cool. Good stuff, man. What you got? <laughs> um, I think I don't know if this is on your list or not, but I think another big thing. Um, I guess this is tech, but and this is mainly your wheelhouse of cryptocurrency. Uh, just seeing the massive rise. Ripple. And oh, you you spout riffle. You're, you're rep, repping riffle already. Ripple. <laughs> but man, just just to see, you know, I, I've told you before. I mean, there were people at my job. This is one lady in particular. And this was like in 2012, and she was like all about Bitcoin. I mean, she was hardcore. Her her husband is hardcore. Even her sons, like where they were like in college, and they were like pretty much hardcore, like in the scene. And you know, me being a skeptic, I was like. Eh. Well, I mean, you know, it's it looks like it might have potential, but at that time, I couldn't see where it was going, and just to see what the price has been over the last month, you know, it was like twelve and went up to sixteen or something. Yeah, and Bitcoin got up to twenty grand at one point. Oh, it got up to twenty. It got wow. up to twenty at one point. Twenty grand. Wow. Bitcoin. That um, is ridiculous, dude. <clears throat> yeah, and speaking of cryptocurrency, like, um, so. 
past couple months, I, I've been preaching Ripple to like all my friends at work. And I've, I think I mentioned Ripple on a podcast before. Three, three weeks ago, Ripple was 25 cents a, a coin, or I guess a coin is the easiest way to, um, eliminate it. Um, and now it is sitting at $2 and about $2 and 50 cents a coin. Wow. So what that means is if you invested a hundred dollars of Ripple in Ripple, if you bought a hundred dollars worth of Ripple coins when they were 25 cents, you're looking at about, um, one, two, three, four, one, seven, nine times. So you, yeah. you're, you're probably sitting on about a thousand dollars right now. So, so, I mean, what, what is it about Ripple that's making it, uh, I, I mean, it seems like we have this thing, this steady flow of every few months, some Ripple, other cryptocurrency is popping up. And what, what's in the particular Ripple about The company it? is probably the most valuable company in Silicon Valley right now. Okay. Because of the market cap of their coin. Now, the thing about Ripple is, whereas Bitcoin's like grassroots and yeah. a currency for the people and not controlled by government, and that's all fine and dandy, but if no banks are using your currency, like you're not really, you're not really going to be legitimized. Um, and the thing about Bitcoin is the network, the, the blockchain is so big now. Um, the block sizes are so small and the blockchain is so big that like it takes hours yeah. to send Transactions Bitcoin. Transactions are expensive, or, yeah. And you can't really, you can't really use Bitcoin for a point of sale. Well, because it takes so long to buy, like it takes so long for a transfer to go through. And, and, and it wasn't like the original Bitcoin spec to set each transaction at a certain percentage. Yeah, a certain it, number of the nodes on the network have to verify a transaction. Well, I'm, I'm talking about as far as like the, the amount of cost of a particular transaction, because I, I think I heard something now where like <clears throat> one transaction costs like $20 yeah, before yeah. Oh, it only costs yeah. like a couple of dollars. Because the blockchain was so small and there wasn't as much stuff on it, um, it didn't cost as much to send money with Bitcoin. But now it costs like fifteen to twenty dollars to send anything with Bitcoin, which <laughs> is ridiculous. Yikes. And like that poses the biggest problem. So there was a hard fork of Bitcoin like a couple months ago, um, where they forked it into like not Litecoin, yeah, Litecoin, like no, no, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, pa- Bitcoin yeah, Cash. Yeah, yeah. So they forked it into Bitcoin Cash. So now there's two, and basically with Bitcoin Cash, all they did essentially all they did was kick the can down the road. They increased the block sizes, so. You can you can um the transactions move a little faster because you can move more data through a hash. But the problem is they really just kick the can down the road because once the blockchain grows to a certain si- it's size gonna again, it's going to slow down again. Oh, so they, they really just kick the can down the road with Bitcoin Cash. Um, there's something called the Lightning Network that they're working on that's supposedly going to actually add segregated witness to where you don't have to have the entire blockchain uh-huh. to like verify transactions. And like once they do that, then it'll possibly get faster. But like Ripple's Ripple's there already. I mean, it takes like four seconds to send a, send a transaction with Ripple. It's penny on pennies on the dollar. Um, it, well, is that tangent on the size of the the blockchain with Ripple? Um, I think the the size of the blockchain at this point is insignificant because you don't mine the coins. Oh, um, it's all so you. What have, is it backed by? There's, pro- there's <laughs> proof of stake and there's proof of work. So okay. with Bitcoin, it's proof of work. So you send a transaction, a bunch of people mine it, and once yeah. a certain number of people mine it, then it becomes applied to the blockchain. Whereas with Ripple, it's proof of stake. So if you have a stake in Bitcoin, if you have a, a certain number of Bitcoins in your address, you can verify transactions. So 
ex a certain number of addresses verify the transaction as opposed to it being mined. You cannot mine Ripple coins. So the, there is a set number of Ripple coins out there right now. Yeah, all the Ripple coins that will ever exist are already been. They're already there. What they did was the Ripple company did, which is one of the reasons the price went up, is because people all, all people were saying was that they could they own so many of the coins that they can manipulate the price, which is true. But what they did was they put like 55, I want to say it's 55 billion of the coins, they put them in escrow and a certain number of lease over time. So it's effectively the same as mining, but they have no control. So they can't really manipulate the currency because it's all in the escrow. Okay, gotcha. Um, and that's when people started buying into it. Now, if you add on the fact that American Express is already using Ripple I to like verify that. transactions oh. and to to send money across borders, like that that is the beauty of Ripple. It's so, it's international payments. So, like right now, the big international payment thing. I want to get this right. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, ah, it escapes me right now. But there's like a standard for international payments right now, and the name escapes me. But basically. It's so expensive that it really only makes sense if you're moving large amounts of money. Like you're not going to send five dollars from Japan to Korea just uh -huh. because of all the fees and the red tape that you have to go through. So what Ripple does is it translates that five yen to Ripple uh -huh. and it sends it across the Ripple network. And then on the other end, you have the bank in Korea who translates that Ripple into the Korean. I don't know what the Korean um, currency is in South Korea, but it translates that to the South Korean currency. That happens over a number of four seconds, and it's sense to send that on the Ripple network, and your money's there in like seconds, as opposed to taking days or hours or and costing like a lot of money, and you don't necessarily have to have a minimum amount. So what the big buzz about Ripple right now is there's a bunch of banks in Japan and a bunch of banks in Korea who are running a trial on the Ripple network oh, right now. Oh, okay. And um, that trial ends on January 31st. And it's believed that on January 31st, they will actually start using the network on their production for their production transactions to send international payments. And once that happens, it kind of opens the floodgates. Um, like I said, there's a whole bunch of American banks. I know American Express is doing stuff with it. Um, and it's legit. Like you have all these financial institutions that are using this technology and it, it for more, it more or less legitimizes it. So you're not dependent on, you yeah. Know. And I, I think the key point there is it's all uh, financial institution to financial institution. It's not like this store down the street, Joe Smo's shop has to accept Ripple all of a sudden, which is kind of the case you have a Bitcoin. But it, it, it's, it's more so that the back end transactions are using this technology. And but, but that's the beauty. That's a Trojan horse because if you get the banks using it, then it just becomes that much easier. To push it down to the point of sale. Yeah, true. You know, true. so you have Verifone, you have people using Square to make credit card payments at their, like, I just got my haircut today in the barbershop. They use Square to take my credit card. Yeah, true. Whereas Square charges a pretty substantial fee to scan that card. What if, this is just, I'm just completely hypothetical here. What if people start using the Ripple network and they're not paying all those fees to a point of sale and it's an it's a essentially an instant transaction so you're not having to wait like if you if you accept a bitcoin at your coffee shop right now it just takes it it would it wouldn't be feasible because the transfer times are so long yeah um and don't get me wrong i don't think ripple is like the ultimate cryptocurrency it just checks it just checks more boxes than the other one is there a faster crypto yes um 
but I don't think there's one that's as fast that has like the clout behind it and the partnerships. And there's actually an American company. I, I think they're called the Ripple Company or something like yeah. that, that is based in California that is working on all this. So it's not like it. This is a U.S. company. So, I mean, it's it makes me that more more comfortable, like working with it, you know, working with them and using, you know, purchasing their coins. And I'm telling you right now, I believe by the end of next year, this is going to be the biggest, really? the biggest cryptocurrency. The only reason I say that is today. Um, a week ago, Ripple passed Bitcoin Cash as far as like market cap and, you know, popularity, volume of transactions. Um, today it passed Ethereum. Oh, and Ethereum has been a number two for like most of the year. Wow. So last time I checked it, it was at about 95 billion market cap. And let's check it. I just want to check it right now in real time just to see what it is, where it is. Um, Bitcoin's at 275 billion, I think. And I want to say that Ripple is at, okay, Bitcoin's at 227 billion. Ripple's at 98 billion. So it's about half as voluminous as Bitcoin right now. Even though the actual individual coin price is only 253, there's many more um, XRPs out there than Bitcoins. There's only about 16 million Bitcoins in circulation, whereas there is one, two, that's three commas. So that's thousand million there's 38 billion so so let me ask you i mean one of my XRP. biggest i know i know we're not going to just make this a cryptocurrency show but one of the things this is that, a huge topic at night please yes yeah, but, but one of the things that bothers me most about crypto in general is how do you determine the value of of the coins and i know it's just purely based on what someone is willing to to pay for for a particular uh well just currency. think about it like this your you the u.s dollar isn't backed by anything but we still have the perception it's, it's that it not, is. But it's not, though. So True the U.S. dollar used to be backed by gold. There used yes. to be gold that backed every U.S. Yes. dollar. Yes. But um, at some point, they translated to, what is it, credit? Not credit, but um, yeah, basically credit. So based on what other countries owe us, you know, that's how our dollars are backed. And... The reason the U.S. dollar is so powerful is because it's accepted everywhere. Um, you know, you can go to other countries and pay for stuff in the United States dollar. And it's it's just one of the strongest. We have the biggest economy in yeah. the world. And that's why our, our, you know, one of the reasons the euro overtook the dollar is because you had this conglomerate of European countries, the European Union, you know, that England is a part of anymore. That <laughs> Brexit. You know, so... All these countries banding together using the same currency. That's why it overshot the dollar. Yeah, yeah but I think you have to get a key point, and that's acceptance of, of it. And, it, yeah. it. It really depends on how many people are buying and selling it and trading with it. And that's really the only it, it, thing. I, I will. Another key is that it's not highly volatile, too. Yeah. And that's the problem with Bitcoin is that it's been jumping from 20,000 to 13,000 to 14,000. You don't want to use something like that as a currency. Ripple is very, very stable. Like the entire year when Ethereum and Bitcoin were jumping all over the place, Ripple was 25 cents, 25 cents, 25 cents. And then we start getting all these announcements and partnerships kind of bubble to the surface and people started like, Hey, this might be the next big thing. And so now it's sitting at $2 and 53 cents a coin. We're literally 
three three weeks ago it was twenty five cents to thirty five cents a coin. That is, that is insane. Really that is. is a huge growth. That's humongous growth. Um, and right now, all the other cryptos are losing money. And but as a whole, even let's keep perspective on Bitcoin. Even though it's down right now, it's at thirteen thousand. Like a a couple months ago, it was like eight. So it still jumped. It still jumped a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, even ridiculous. Ethereum was at about like two hundred dollars a coin a couple months ago, and now it's at seven. So they're all still just ridiculously overvalued. I think I don't think Ripple's overvalued at this point, but I feel like Bitcoin is still going to come down some more. It might even come down to like six or seven thousand. I, I feel like it could possibly do it, but you know, sell just, now, sell now. Who knows? <laughs> Ripple could just be a flash in the pan, but I really believe in the coin, and I believe that it's going to go higher. So get in while you can, folks. So, <laughs> man, well, what's 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 something else that has piqued your interest in 2017? Well, I mean, you had the launch of the Switch. Yeah. Uh, Breath of the Wild came out. Um, Mario just came out too, and I mean, it's just it's just nice to see Nintendo competitive again. Yeah, because the Wii U was just a disaster. And yeah, who would have thought after after <laughs> the failure that was the Wii U that they come back so strong? I mean, yeah, they they have a they have a uh, panache, whatever you would call it, for bouncing back. <laughs> Well, dude, man, it's uh, it's largely all about their first party titles, man. It's about and the games. I mean, the, the, what they did with Zelda, although I've only played it briefly, but I mean, just I've I've heard little, very few people say anything bad about the new Zelda. It's yeah. just almost universally loved. And then like Mario, which I have spent a little more time with, it's it's, it's it managed to bring back enough nostalgia in certain situations that I would just have my my jaw dropped for a moment or two they really really managed to um just flaunt their titles and as nintendo do <laughs> once again shows us the graphical prowess isn't everything because this thing has xbox 360 ps3 level <sighs> graphics but it's just got that nintendo sheen on it man and yeah and then then the the, the portability <laughs> of the switch man um who would have thought that they'd have something that you can just take out of the, oh. out of out of a uh, dock yeah. and just go and just you know play your AAA titles anywhere. It's just kind of amazing. Yeah, it's it's one of those. Why hasn't anybody thought of this before? <laughs> you know, it's so innovative, but yet so obvious. Like, why hasn't anybody thought of this? So yeah, I mean, and you can look at Nintendo from from five years ago, ten years ago. You see that they were moving in this direction with the the DS and things like that. And even with the Wii U, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be, but it definitely was a stepping stone to where it was to where they are now. HD graphics, and you know they they were headed in the right direction. They just didn't have that it factor, you know. Yeah. What about you, man? You got another one? Oh man, tech, tech. I'm trying to think what what big happened in tech this year. <sighs> well, no, those yeah, this year the One X, Xbox One X. Uh, yeah, we got an official review from you from that, yeah. like, as far as, like, your final word on it. Yeah. But you've had some time with it now, so what do you think? I enjoy it for my TCL 4K TV. I think it's perfect for it. But by the same token, I don't think everybody should spend extra extra dough to get it. I think the 1S is good enough for probably 90% of folks. But, you know, if you have a 4K TV, I, I def- you definitely will see a difference. I've noticed it on things like Netflix Amazon Prime Video, which they support HDR. I don't think they're quite 4K, but they have some ultra high uh, bandwidth 
um, video that they show as well. So, you know, for the for the external content, yes. For the games, have I really noticed a huge difference? Eh, it's debatable. <laughs> so again, like if you have a 4K TV and if you're in the Xbox ecosystem and you're in a in a market for a new console, I would just just get that one. You know, because it is it just jumping out at me. Does Microsoft have the titles right now that make you want to go and get an Xbox? No, I mean, they they are lagging way, way behind. Like we just mentioned, Nintendo and even PlayStation at this point, they're they're going to have to do something major next year to to get on top. I I, I do like the idea of the Xbox One X, but I feel like the big mistake that they made was is that there's not really a flagship showpiece for it. It's mostly just porting old games to 4K. Like that was their whole thing. Even Forza. Forza is a new game, I guess. But it's not really something that people buy consoles for, you know, and that I I think that was probably their biggest mistake with the X1X is just not having that flagship must buy title. Yeah. I mean, I, I know Halo is so cliche at this point. OK, Xbox is going to have a new Halo title to lunch with. But by the same token, they should have had a new Halo title to lunch with. That would have been perfect. Touting yeah. every bit of power raw untamed power that this console supposedly has and you know it's there i see it in a lot of things i play i see uh you know other things that improve the experience like load times and stuff like that definitely better graphics but you have to have that flagship and just not even in the case of the xbox one x just in general microsoft games yeah they're, they're lagging behind dude yeah i have to say though and i never thought i would say this I feel like Sony handily won 2018, and it's like not even close. Like I, they had so many good games. Yeah, so many games I want to play. Like if I look at both consoles and I just think about the stuff. That well, I'm factor just, in Nintendo <laughs> with that. Yeah, I'm fact even factor. Oh really? In, okay. Even factoring in Nintendo, there's only like even though I think the Switch is like a huge leap forward. There's only like five. I, there, I don't think there's even five yeah, games that I just have to play. One of them is Disgaea Five. Which is on the PS was on the PS4 originally, uh, so like they're doing a lot of rehashing too, though on on the Switch. Yeah, as well. they have ported a lot of stuff. Like I am set sooner. They ported Skyrim. Ooh, Skyrim. I am set sooner. <laughs> yeah, there are a bunch of games that they ported. Mario Kart. Yeah. Mario Kart. They ported from Wii U. Yeah. So you're right. There, there is a lot of that. <laughs> Hi, Sophie. Um, there's a lot of that, but um, I feel at the end of the day, Sony just killed it, man. They had so many good titles. Yeah. And still in the Resident mm-hmm. Evil 7 um, PSVR exclusivity was huge yeah. because that pretty much ruined VR for me because that was one of the things I was looking forward to with the Vive. And yeah. Smart, smart one, Sony. Smart which, one. which goes to another point. Microsoft has no VR player right now on the console. Now they have their mixed reality headsets on Windows PCs yeah. that they've been debuting. I but feel like that's coming, though, this year. You think year. so? But yeah. you you would hope... That's another thing they could have launched with the Xbox One X. It's I mean, chicken and egg, though. Like, I, well, it, it really, it's very much chicken and egg. Well, I, I think it's two things. I think that they could have did it, but also I think that they've been burned so much by trying to go the extra accessory route that's going to make the console a little bit more expensive so i definitely see why they would hold that off but you know they basically killed the connect with the xbox one x and i don't even have a port on my xbox for my connect anymore you have yeah. to buy this 80 dollar adapter and i'm not going to do that so <sighs> one of the things they're pushing though which to microsoft's defense this is both a strength and a weakness is the the ecosystem thing so 
any game you buy, you can play it anywhere. So if you if you have an Xbox yeah. One, yeah. whether you have an Xbox One or Xbox One X or a PC, you buy the game once, you can play it on all of them, which I think is amazing. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, it really hurts them because you can't really, you know, have that showpiece game. Yeah. Where it's like, this is why you need a One X, you know? You know, just think about Halo or think about Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast. Like, this yeah. is why you need a Dreamcast or the, um, on the PS2. Um, I can't think of the game, one of the games, but, but that usually every console has that flagship game where it's like, this is why you need this console. And even the PS4 Pro doesn't really have that because they kind of yeah. went the same route as Microsoft where they went for enhancements instead of like that showpiece game. Yeah, but by the same token, they have enough um, first-party stuff that kind of bolsters. Stuff. Yeah, bolsters what they have, as well as like we just VR as well. So I mean, I don't know, man. Microsoft really has to come with it in the next year, or yeah. I don't know, dude. It's <laughs> it's not looking good. Yeah. So what they else do you have, took sir? A step back. Um, I guess the only other two things. One of them isn't really tech. Uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh yeah, was amazing. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't really see Guardians 2 until later, but I really enjoyed that, too. That hey, came out this year, right? Yes, that came out this yeah. year. Yeah. So I really enjoy those, two. I'm looking forward to Black Panther in February. Oh, yeah. But um, those were the two movies, I guess, that really jumped out at me that I really enjoyed. I don't know if, I don't know if Spider-Man was my top movie. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, it definitely wasn't my top movie. We'll, we'll, we'll talk well, about that later. Well, su- well superhero movie. <laughs> okay. I, I think maybe... Have You have seen Thor 3? I haven't seen Thor 3 yet. You know, they go in a direction which I think is part of the Marvel, Disney, Lucasfilm conglomerate formula of too much comedy. And I'm going to talk about that later when we talk about the other film. But but Thor has never been purposely funny. It's never been interesting either. But, so. <laughs> but true, but he, he, he's never been purposely funny. But this movie... Thor three, he's telling modern comedy comedy jokes, a lot like of pop culture. Yeah, like uh, well, that's pop culture more. I don't know. I call them like office space jokes, cultural like, relevance. Yeah, well, self aware jokes, things like that. Oh, okay. I'm like, really, Thor? This guy's never been funny at all, but all of a sudden he's the jokester here. Love the movie; it was awesome. You know. And in that case, this is the most awesome Thor has ever been. So I'm not even gonna fault him that much. But you just don't expect it. But I, I do agree Spider-Man was a great movie as well. If it weren't for Thor, I'd probably put that as my top superhero movie. But yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. You got any more picks before we get into our bloodbath? Oh, uh, Let's get into the bloodbath, man. We might as well be okay. going for about 30 minutes here. So my favorite movie of 2017 was Star Wars The Last Jedi. And <laughs> before I get into complaining about people or what, and I will tell you why I enjoyed the movie and... That I'll start with that before we have a debate. This is why I enjoy Star Wars The Last Jedi. Number one, they did not make Luke some boring, cliche Jedi master that we've seen, what, three times now? Four times? Or two or three times now? Can I interject or should I wait till you're done? <laughs> Please interject. Please interject. They didn't make him... Uh, well, didn't they basically make him the hermit that was Yoda, that was Obi-Wan, in a, sen- in a large sense? No nece- different. No different. Necessarily. Okay. Okay. I feel like they gave him some some texture because you know with with Yoda he was hiding because the Jedi got all eliminated. Murder he, massacre. He's yeah. basically in hiding. Obi Wan was on um, what what planet? Mos Eisley. 
Well, he was almost obviously to protect Luke. Yes. He was, yes, he was in, in hiding, but he was there for a to purpose keep, to keep Luke safe. Um, Qui Gon was just blah, boring. I like Liam Neeson, but he was just not that interesting. Um, Obi Wan, even when he was, you know, uh, Anakin's master, I have was, the high ground. He was strictly by the book. <laughs> Boring, like Superman boring. And you know what I say when I mean Superman boring. Like, always does the right yeah. thing. Never, never makes any mistakes. Like, and it's just make a huge one by bringing Anakin on in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know what you're talking about. I, I think it's debatable though, but like, it's like always optimistic. Yeah. Always looking to see the good in people. You know, all, like textbook protagonist. It's like all the Jedi have been like that. And quite frankly, if they would have made Luke like that, I would have hated this movie because I've seen it a million times. And we had so many complaints about the last movie, about how it was a carbon copy I of love, A New Hope. I love The Force Awakens. Man. But everybody complained about I didn't. I, everybody complained about how it was basically A New Hope. I walked out rehashed, the theater tap dancing. Even, <laughs> I loved it, too. Don't get me wrong. I loved it, too. And I was one of the people that thought it was a retread, even though I still enjoyed it. And I've, in the same people I've heard about complaining about, a lot of the same people I've heard complaining about how this movie is too different from Star Wars. The same people were complaining that this, that were complaining about The Force Awakens being just like A New Hope and yeah. it being a rehash and blah, blah, blah. But to, to like synthesize that again, Luke, not a cliche Jedi master, not boring. Okay. Second. Ray is not. Oh yeah! Spoiler alert! If you yeah, spoiler. if you haven't seen the movie, don't Sounds listen anymore. Spoiler alarm right here. Don't listen anymore because that wasn't really a spoiler. But this is definitely going to be a spoiler. Okay, number two. Ray is not a Skywalker, and I'm fine with that. I like. I'm that. happy that she's not a Skywalker. But I will. I will say the fact that in okay, we have Ryan Johnson directing this one. The last movie we had uh, um was J.J. Abrams. Oh yeah. Since you bring up Ryan Johnson, there's one thing I want to mention. Do you know? Um, that he also has directed some television shows. Uh, yes, but I can't remember what he directed. He directed Oximandia's one do, of the best Breaking Bad episodes. And one yeah, where he, Hank, he was, one Hank gets killed. Yeah, he's one of the good uh, Breaking Bad. I think he did Looper too. What, what did, didn't he do Looper? One of those? I'm not sure if he did Looper or not. I, I think know. he did Looper. But one of the things that jumped out to me about him in that episode is the subversion. Like if you look at when Hank dies. They don't focus on Hank. Breaking Bad spoilers too, folks. They focus. Ah, <laughs> uh, the statute of limitations is passed on there. So when the dude shoots Hank in the face, number one, he doesn't finish his sentence. Number two, they don't focus on Hank dying. They focus on Walter White's reaction. You know, the, they, that's what that episode is about, how heavy it is that this is indirectly his fault that his friend is dying, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the part they focus on. And that's one of the things I like. It would have been so easy for them to just be like, Hank's dead, you know, and this is how it affects his wife, and this is how it affects, you know, and how it affects... But no, they focused on how it affected the anti-hero of the show. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. And it just tore him apart. Like, this is just not something you really expect. So going into this movie, I was hoping to see some things that I wouldn't expect. And I did. What do you think about the Skywalker thing, though? Um, I I think that's fine. It is time to pass the torch on to a new generation. I'm totally fine with that. But again, what I don't like about what they did was with Ray is that JJ set up this whole premise of her being special somehow, or and I'm fine with her even not being special. But I think we played too much on this whole scene of her getting dropped off and the spaceship flying away in the first movie. And this movie, we 
He even trolled us, trolled us by falling in the cave, having this mirror multiplicity image thing of of her breaking through the glass and hoping hoping to find out her heritage. But you know, he just he just, he was a big troll on that, and that's the second time he trolled me in that movie. And I'm like, okay, if you're not gonna embrace it, at least don't use that as a as a point to troll the crowd. Okay, so I will give you that, but I will allow me to interject that. Regardless of anything that he put in that movie or anything that was in The Force Awakens, which is done by a different director, I might add, who is famous for pandering to his audience. But we'll put that aside. We'll put that aside. We'll put that aside. Regardless, if there was nothing about her parents in The Force Awakens, everybody would still be asking who's Ray's parents. It would not matter. That would still be a hotly debated fanboy topic. And I'm glad that he played with that. But... But if if they didn't show that and people were asking, the fact that Kylo says your parents were nobody, it wouldn't have been so hard to take. It wouldn't have been so hard to take. Dude, at some point, <laughs> like that's what you don't realize. Like at some point, that was going to have to be addressed. Whether her parents, if they came out in the first movie and were like, her parents are nobody. Yes, let's do this. <laughs> but they played on the drama. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But is that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing. I know that's how movies works, work in some Even cases. Even though they played it on the drama for me, too. I was still wondering. And there was payoff. It may not have been a payoff. I think the payoff there was not that her parents are nothing. The payoff was who your parents are don't matter. Yes. Because you know? it's like the Skywalkers. Are like, oh, the Skywalkers are like the royalty of Star True. Wars True. and it's like if you aren't a scout like up until this point all the force users except for like Obi well the most important force users and arguably most of the force users have been Skywalkers and it's like if well especially not, especially in the main movies in the main trilogy yeah, yes. got you. and it's like if you're not a Skywalker you aren't you're not crap you know basically is what they've been saying throughout what? these movies I mean there has and not there's de- de- definitely if you look at the original focus of the original trilogy but if you look a bit a bit further back to the Clone Wars, there were like many, many Jedi. And, you know, were the Anakins that um, Skywalker's that important? You had Anakin, but, you know, it wasn't really. But it's almost like as if the original trilogy was like, these are the last Force users gotcha. in, in the universe. Gotcha. And gotcha. There, are, there are no more. Gotcha. I mean, that's essentially they didn't come out and say that. But essentially, that's kind of what they were hinting at. But like, not just Ray. You have little broom handle kid at the end. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I, I get Ryan Johnson beginning to make this statement, or the direction maybe Disney as the a whole Jedi is going back. in. They're coming back. I man. like that. I'm cool They're with that. Back. I'm I'm pumped by that. But even on I the just Sith didn't side, like the, I just no didn't like the troll. Rule, no more rule of two. Even on the Sith side. Yes. Like, like which I, I think we're going to see the Knights nice around in the next movie. Exactly. I think no. that's going to be his not apprentice, uh, pr- apprentice, multiple apprentice. Apprentices. You can't have more than. <laughs> but yeah, I think I do like the fact that we're going to have more Jedi. Uh, presumably, that anybody can be a Jedi. I like the fact that the rule of two is is get thrown away. You know what what Kylo Ren says. Uh, Kill the past, bury it if you have to. Some, exactly. some crazy stuff you exactly. said. Exactly. So I, I do like that they're getting away from some conventions. But, you know, I that wasn't my negative of the movie. My negative was the trolling part. I like the movie. <laughs> I like the movie. I like the movie. You I didn't just like didn't, the trolling? I just didn't love the movie. Can we talk about the other trolling point? Go ahead. Go ahead, please. <sighs> Princess Leia. 
That is the biggest <laughs> troll I've seen in a movie in a long time. Dude, come on now. Like, it, it was perfect. It, it was perfect. And why? It was perfect. And why play on our sensibilities it that we perfect. already have because she's dead? Carrie Fisher she's has dead. passed away. Why? And I just want to, we probably never get this, but I want to know what they put in after the fact that they found out she died or before. It feels like an after thing to me. It couldn't have, it have been an after thing. How would, how could it have been? She could have been all C. She could have been all CG. She could have just got exploded and injured in the in the explosion. Whereas in this, she got shot out the airlock and flies back like Mary Poppins. I'll give you and that. <laughs> I'll give you that. That was completely like it was unnecessary. It was out of left field, and it's like there's no precedent for 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 force users Jedi or the surviving the vacuum of space. Like that was a little bit over the top for me too. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That was. That was probably one of the only two parts of the movie that I kind of had a problem with. And you know what? And and it's like when I it's like that part threw me out of. I need to watch the movie again. But when I saw that scene, it threw me out of the movie so much. I was just so skeptical, skeptical from the rest of the movie. I couldn't really focus because I'm like, did this really just happen? <laughs> did this really just happen? I don't know, man. I I agree with you. It was a bit jarring, and the way I see it is, I feel like they. They wanted to maybe give her a tribute or something. Maybe it was which put is in. cool. Maybe it's it was cool. put in after the movie, but it definitely was a troll because it's like, oh, she's died already. Maybe this is where she dies, and like, is, are, are they gonna kill her in this movie? Yeah, you know. And it's like with that scene even been important without her actually dying in real life. With it was kind actually, of a troll, but yeah. I feel like the other thing that it did, even though you may not necessarily agree with it, and I feel like there probably could have been better ways to show it, is that she she's a force user. She never actually demonstrates her force powers in the other trilogy in here, except for like tep- telepathy stuff. You know, it's like this is actually demonstrated that she can use the force, but it's kind, it's kind, it's kind of pandering. Yeah, she was the greatest. Pan- she was the greatest force power that anybody's ever seen, and nobody asks her questions when she comes back. It's nobody like, questions. It's like her. one of the most, most. It's just pandering and trolling at the same time. There's no, hey, Leah, how you did that? No, nothing. Just gonna go on. <laughs> anyway, I think I'm being Yoda, ultra negative. Yoda should have had her on the island teaching her about some seagulls. Like <laughs> for real. It's like if she can do that, man, she could have killed Kylo Ren. Good gracious! I agree with you. That that it didn't really it didn't really subtract from my. It was neither here nor there for me. Like I didn't really love it, but it, it yeah, they could have cut it out. I agree yeah. with you. Do you have another point? I could I could go on for days. Oh, I have plenty of other things. Um, Yoda was okay. awesome in the movie. I I I like the scene. I just didn't like the puppetry. And I know that's hardcore. Practical, practical yeah, I, I know. I know. I mean, I get it. I get it for people that love that. I'm just saying, in particular, in a movie when we had an all CG character in Snoke, to see a it puppet. Was a, it was a bit jarring. I'll give you that. Yeah. Too. It, it threw me out of the movie again, but I see why. I can respect why people love that scene, and I was okay with that. I definitely was okay. It did seem a little bit out of place. I'll give you yeah. that. I still enjoyed it, but yeah, I can see that. Um, my other thing was who really cares about Snoke? He's not important. Yes, he is important. He, he, he is not called the, uh, Empire. What is it called? The, uh. First Order. He re, he revived or created the First Order from nothing. How did he do this? There has to be an interesting story about that. And, and maybe you know now- what? You know what? I'm still, I would rather know about the, about, I'd rather know more about Darth Plagueis than him. Okay. More about the Emperor. Like, yeah, we saw the Emperor in the prequels do the, you know, do the Senate, but where does the Emperor come from? 
You know, like, True. where does he come from? Like, we don't know anything about him before that. I guess you're right. But at least we have, we have <laughs> of course, he has, he's had six movies to be realized. And with. in the Rizzo trilogy, we know even less about him. We know nothing. We just know he's a bad dude in a cape and a cowl, and he's telling Darth Vader what to do. And that's all we really know. Until I, I, he gets thrown I'll down. Take your the, point. Until he gets point. thrown off that platform at the end. And even we know nothing about the Emperor. So, like, I feel like his origin story isn't really that important to the in the context of the movie though i agree i would like to know more about him but it's not really it's not that important good point the emperor was pretty much the same way so I, I can agree with that even though i didn't like it i can agree with it yeah um but i like the fact that you know but okay i'm gonna tie that into something i didn't like okay okay so like you said so snoke is telepathically 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 linking Ray and Kylo. He's fake. He's giving Kylo all these fake emotions, according to him. And Kylo... To lure... To lure Ray to the, um... Death, whatever it's called. The, and, and, and Kylo makes a statement, how are you doing this? You can't be doing this. It will kill you when they were making that connection. Mm-hmm. Just a tidbit, sorry. <laughs> and it's like, so you can do all that... But you can't notice that he's swinging <laughs> his lightsaber around to like. It's away from you. <laughs> you don't know that he's he's willing this but, lightsaber right next to you. To... But, but I think he did know that he was willing a lightsaber. But for some reason, he didn't realize it was the lightsaber. Well, because he said because he says in that he moment says something about he a says you're here. moving the lightsaber now. You're twisting it. You're bringing it up. But. It wasn't the lightsaber in front of him. It was the one sitting right beside him. So it could have been some, I don't know. It's that was kind of hokey. That was kind of hokey to me. Because I'm like, if this dude is such a great force user <laughs> that he could take Ray, who's who's presumably even more powerful than Kylo Ren is, and just have her just frozen in front of him. Yeah. And you you don't know that this dude has a lightsaber pointed at you. Yeah. That's, like, that was a little hokey to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I totally agree. But I do love the fact that they bumped Snoke <laughs> off and they said he doesn't matter. It's just like the whole Ray Parenting thing. You, what you thought was important isn't really that important, you know? Well, maybe. And I don't like Ryan Johnson coming out and saying that it is not important. I'd rather him say it doesn't matter right now. At some at some point, we may get that story, but for the scope of the... I think he may have said this. For the scope of the movie, it just doesn't matter. And the other thing you don't realize is this. J.J. Abrams is doing the next movie. He's he's going to tie a loose end. He is going to somehow... He is... Go, like, if, if he is going to do something that's going to subvert some of the stuff that Rian Johnson did. Yeah. Because Rian Johnson, like the end of The Force Awakens... He had, um, what was it? He had, uh, R2 coming to the planet instead. Of, he asked, um, JJ Abrams to bring R2 to the planet instead of BB-8 because yeah. it would have meant more for Luke. I feel like there's going to be some more loose ends that JJ Abrams ties up. And that's the other thing is that, that if you didn't like the way this movie ended, just think about the original trilogy and the way Empire Strikes Back ended. I mean, it, awesome. at the end of Empire Strikes Back, the, the Empire's winning. Like the, they're know, winning, man. and the I was still smiling my first time I saw that Luke at the hand, and <laughs> they they got they got whooped. Yeah, I, true <laughs> enough, but I still was smiling. You had Lando, hey Han, you had Lando. But, but it's like <laughs> let's reserve our full judgment of this movie until the end. Agreed. Now, I say there was one or two things that I didn't like about this movie, but there is one other thing because it opens a can of worms. Okay, well, I have a few things, but I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead. I'm sorry, I've been talking enough. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, okay, let's talk about the comedy. 
Okay. In, in the original trilogy, and even the prequels for that matter. Cheese. It was cheese. Definitely George Lucas, the, the cheesiest among them. But the comedy in those movies were more centered around fools. You had comedy characters. You had you had R2-D2, uh, 3CPO being the comedy fools for the movie. You had uh, Jar Jar being a comedy fool. Of course, you had Hun telling stupid jokes every now and you then. Had, you and had Darth Vader cracking jokes. No, you did not. Only joke, only joke I ever ever heard Darth Vader crack was in Rogue One when he said something about uh, your lack of I, I, something in Rogue One. He made a joke. He made a joke. But in large part, the you, dinner table. Empire Strikes Back. The dinner table. I don't. I don't they all remember. sit down at the like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't so much Vader cracking a joke, but they're all sitting down at this dinner table when um when Lando betrays them, right? Uh-huh. They're all sitting down to eat and like they actually sit down and like have a conversation at the dinner table. They don't actually eat anything, but like I, I don't know. I thought that whole like Yeah. I thought that whole exchange was just funny because it's like, are you really gonna sit down and eat dinner with somebody you just captured? Like, <laughs> really? But but I just think the comedy in this movie was too modern, and I don't like my main main characters. With they can give a one liner, but they just had way too much comedy. I was okay with the pole thing at the beginning with the phone call thing. It really didn't make sense in the world of Star Wars. <laughs> but but I, as bad as that was, I'm okay with that. But, There's a precedent for that, though. I know there is, but in moments... As far that, as Poe joking with... True, you know, I, I agree. There's a precedent. But in moments that should have been serious, to me, they uh, they ruin serious moments between Ray and Luke by telling a stupid joke like right before they go into the serious moment. Like... What? I, I can't remember the specific joke, but there's one one time when Luke is talking to Ray, and it's a real serious moment. They're on they're on the arc tour, whatever it is, training, and she like makes a joke, and then it, we all laugh in the theater. But then it like goes right to a serious moment. It happened with Luke too. He told like a joke. I don't say a joke, but it was modern self aware humor. You know that these characters should not be saying. And I think that's just like the Marvel Disney. Lucasfilm mach- machine that they're doing with all their movies. And I think it's starting to beat me over the head. You know, we see that formula in the Marvel movies, MCU movies so much. And it's just for me to see it in Star Wars, it just started to work thin with me, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, 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 I get that some of the comedy felt forced, but I feel personally, I didn't feel like any of it stepped out of the boundaries that have already been established by Star Wars. <sighs> you know, you know, there was some kind of some slapstick stuff in there, like her chopping off the rock and it falling and hitting the people, hitting the ladies carrying the wheelbarrow up the hill. Yeah. Like, there was kind of some slapstickish stuff in there that was maybe out of place. But as far as like the other stuff, like some of it, maybe one one of the reasons I was kind of okay with some of the Ray Luke stuff is because this is the first time in Star Wars where we, re- well, I'll take that back. There's a lot of Anakin, Obi-Wan, like, kind of goofiness going on in like the prequels as well but like this is the first time you get like the old crotchety master you know trying to chain you know train the young upstart and it's just you mean like yoda training luke (laughs) (laughs) okay maybe it's not the first time but even between them there was jokes like, that was a serious. They were wasn't. so serious. He beat up R two with a stick. Like it, <laughs> it was. He thought. But, but but okay. What what wasn't it in large part? Yoda was considered like a. He was old and senile. Like, but, but wasn't he? Yeah, but he was considered more of a comedy full character in those days. He was. I mean, to me, 
in large part. When I when I see Yoda as a little kid, I'm like, haha, that's a crazy old guy. But but it's like the first, like the first, the first part of their conversation is basically Yoda cracking jokes at him. Yeah, true. I mean, and he is he's the most powerful Jedi. <sighs> he's the most powerful Jedi in the universe at this point. Uh, and, but like, do you at least get where I'm coming from? Like, I have to say, you're right. There's you're precedent right. for all this. Like, yeah. it's not like they stepped out of bounds. But you JJ know? made it so serious and awesome. <laughs> JJ just basically... They told jokes to The Force Awakens, but they didn't bother me at he's all. He's like, so, so, do you talk for... Like, that, that whole thing between between Poe and, and Kylo Ren, like, I, I, I rewatched the movie again, because I didn't, I didn't even remember it. But, like, when he shoots him and stops his laser, yeah. and they pull him up towards him, they're just staring at each other, he's like, Poe's like... So do you talk first? <laughs> it, yeah. It's awesome. Like, I, I don't know. But again, that's just my feeling. I can get why some people thought maybe it was out of bounds because you're expecting like this whole dramatic, like, you know, Shaolin master trains yeah, I, a young Jedi. I, I like more like serious. serious yeah. But I like more serious in my story. Personally, that's just my personal opinion. And I like it when characters are the comedy part, you know, but. It, it, Benicio del Toro was definitely comedy, like all the way. Yeah, but I, well, I'm gonna talk about that whole Canto bite sequence, <laughs> that whole unnecessary sequence. Yeah, it was totally unnecessary. because the was, purple lady wouldn't tell Poe that they had a plan. That was so stupid. Like that but, whole thing was dumb. But but to her, but, but to Poe's point, well, but to her point, Poe had just been demoted, and he obviously they established many times in the movie that he's a a hothead, want to blow stuff up guy. But if but that 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 means it makes all the more sense to, to tell let him, him know yeah. what's happening. Like, why would you not tell him? His his general you... just got put in a coma. You could at least get the throw the guy a bone, you know? Yeah, it's <laughs> a whole unnecessary cancel bite sequence about. About social justice and yeah, they got a little, they got a little political. Yeah, they got preachy in that part. They got a little political in that. But if that whole that whole sequence was to set up the end, where a little force force boy <laughs> grabs a broomstick, then I'm okay with it. And you know what? That sequence, even though it was unnecessary, it might have been okay. But the thing that made me mad the most about those sequences is because I wanted to be with, with Luke and Ray every moment. of the yeah, it just kind of pulled you away. Yeah. Pulled you away. All right. Since we're talking about gripes now, this is my biggest gripe with the whole movie. And I feel like if there was one thing that would make me not like this movie, it would have been this. But I feel like the guys outweighed the bad. But the light speed ship attack. It, I was in it, awe when I saw that. It was one of those things where you just stopped and it was like, oh, my God. But then I started thinking about it. I was like. What kind of precedence is this set? Like in the next movie, are we gonna see light speed missiles? Like what? Like what's gonna happen in the next movie? Are, are you? How saying, do you stop a light speed missile? Are you saying because of the kamikaze nature of it, or you can't stop a light speed ship well, ramming into you? Like you cannot well, stop that. There's no way to stop it. Well, I, I I always assumed when they were in light speed, they were in some other subspace. No, no. Remember, uh, phase. remember in the first Star Wars when Han. And yeah, the first one where Han first goes light speed with Luke, they plot the course, and he's like, "We have to make sure we don't run into any stars." You're right. Or you're right. You know, so you're right. Yeah, they're going through regular space, and I just feel like it opens a big can of worms because it's well, like. Well, I, I've heard various points on that though. Okay, you got to realize the the uh, situation Laura Dern's character was in. There was nobody else on her ship. There was nobody else, and maybe her ship was just big enough. 
in this case where it actually could cause some damage. Yeah, that's true. So the fact that nobody... It could have been the scale, yeah. Yeah, so the fact that nobody else was on her ship, I think, really gave her that option. But yeah, I don't think it would be something that we'd be seeing done in each movie, you know. We we did see in Rogue One where this they rammed the ship, but you know, it was a little, that's a lot different than going light speed through. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it just opens Pandora's box, but you know, and I don't even expect an explanation in the next movie because I feel like it would have to be way too technical to fit into the context of a Star Wars movie, but hopefully that there's they don't do anything else with that. I just hope yeah, it's I, just I, a one-off and yeah. nobody ever tries to do anything else with light speed attacks because it's just, it's like a, it's like a cheat code, man. Yeah. Well, I would imagine with a smaller ship, it wouldn't do anything. I think it was the size of the ship. The fact that there was only one person on this humongous ship had a lot to play into that whole move. So I was fine with that. I, my, my jaw was on the floor during it. And yeah. My I, only question is, so the, the ship split where Ray and, and Kylo were, were put, did the ship go through the lightsaber or did no, it just crack it a, the ship or like what happened there? I think the lightsaber split because they both were pulling on it at the same time. I but don't it think, split I, like it split like a cut. Like yeah, cut I don't, I don't think I don't, I don't think that had anything to do with the light speed thing. Okay. Although okay. it was just because it was like this moment. It all happened at the same moment. I think that happened. Finn almost being executed all happened at the same moment. It was just like a climax of the of the movie. I There's guess. definitely some things if I think too hard, my head will hurt. It's like they just happened to be the only two people that get didn't get knocked out. Oh, the- oh no! When it happens, like um um uh, was Gwendolyn Christie and her army are like way off in the corner coming back at them. Do do like what? What did they stand right beside them? What happened? F N D zero one two zero one eight or whatever his name is. Yeah. Like, you know, there were some characters that, you know, maybe didn't get the dude that you were expecting. Like her and Phasma being one of them, but yeah. I mean look how Bubba Fett died in the first in the first well, died in the yeah. first Star Wars trilogy. He just yeah. fell off a ship and went <laughs> <laughs> he just fell off a ship into that sand pit. Like it's it's like I feel like some things happened that may have been unfulfilling, but they weren't necessarily outside of the context of Star Wars, you know. Sure, you know, you might not have liked how the movie ended or what happened. Oh, yeah. I'm forgetting my number one favorite thing that happened. Luke is gone. I'm not going to say that's my favorite. Well, I don't. And I don't and, let uh, me qualify and, that. Let me qualify And that. I don't think he's truly gone, but go ahead. Let me qualify that. No, he's not completely gone. He will definitely be back as a Force ghost in the next movie. Like, okay. Without a doubt. Okay. Well, I know you have a point, but let's think about Yoda in this movie. As a, a Force Ghost, didn't he have a little more presence than Force? Other, a little more presence than yeah, he calls down lightning and yeah. Killed so the tree. does this mean when Luke says this is not the last you've seen of me, uh, that we'll actually? No, he says see you next time or something to that effect to Kylo. Yeah. Do we think we'll see a Force Ghost Luke that actually has more corporal type? I don't think so. I, I don't think he'll go outside of the Obi-Wan Yoda that's already been established. Even though Yoda was a bit more present, it, it didn't necessarily have a major impact on the story because the books were already gone, you know? So it's like, yeah, yeah he killed a tree, but, uh, but the, the main reason I'm happy that Luke died, even though Luke's, I love Luke as a character, I felt like all these older established Star Wars people needed to get out of the way. Oh, get out of the way. Oh, man. You had your trilogy. Get out of the way. Let these young kids run the show. Because there's an analog to each of the old characters in this. I mean, you have you have um, Poe and you have Finn, who are b- both basically Han uh, Solo. Yeah. 
and you have, you know, of course, Ray is Luke, but Ray is also maybe a little bit of Leia too. You know, like you have, you have the trio there, you know, yeah. you have the good base and it's just like build off of that, you know, recruit some more Jedi and Sith, you know, bring back the Knights of Ren because they were basically a no show in this book. And I can't believe nobody complained about that. Oh, I they, complain. They were like, <laughs> They were like, they were a complete no-show. And it's like, you build them up in the first movie to be like this super awesome fighting force and they're nowhere to be found. So that was another thing that's like, eh. And, and, and I do like what they did with Luke in this movie. I just wish I would have saw more of that and less, th- less of Canto Bite. And, <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I'm okay with a crotchety old Luke being the... It the, gave him character, it man. Gave him, it gave him character... But I just would have liked to have seen more of the awesome Luke. And we got that in that third act, which, man, this was a long movie. We got some of that in the third act that wasn't really him. Oh, Astral projection. Yeah, that was yeah, a new, that was two a new, new force powers in that this movie. And, I mean, and they Mary, Mary Poppins and astral projection. <laughs> <laughs> space, space, space Poppins. <laughs> oh, oh, let me drift to this show. And Dude, we, you know it was cool when they shot all those eggs at him and he walked away and he just Oh the modern jokes <laughs> on self-awareness his shoulders off. You, you, Luke should not you be gotta get that Luke knows dirt nothing of Jay Z. Why is he that dirt off his oh, oh, man, you know that you know that was good. It was dude. cool, but it does not belong in Star Wars. It does not oh, man, belong. You sound Wars. like that dude that jumped up and yelled when when um Superman snapped Zai's neck. <laughs> that is not what Superman does. See, I mean, again, it goes to my self-aware humor. <laughs> it was awesome, I admit. But the whole Kylo Ren, uh, Luke stuff, I thought was fantastic. It was. It, it was awesome. He, it he was, gave him the okie doke because he knew he was going to come out of that thing to try to fight him. Like he's. But was it really worth dying over? <sighs> he saved the entire remnants of the rebellion. Yeah. Yes, it was worth dying. He should just over. left for Ray instead of being a crotchety old fart. <laughs> I thought, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm excited to see what they do next. And if it does nothing, this movie gives us a lot to speculate on for the next movie. We have to talk about Leia. And we yeah. they, didn't, they didn't exit Leia in this movie at all. And she is the last of the original trilogy characters that in the movie is still around. In the movie verse is still around. What do we do with Leia I just feel movie. like they start the movie with a memorial service to Leia. Like that's the only way to start it. So you're saying right off the top we start. Then. Right off the top, they find their they get on their new base or wherever they find where they're gonna go, and they just give her a memorial service because she's been sick. I mean, it's not like it, it would it would be totally out of the context to she use the last of it. I'm being so rude. I mean, let me shut up. She used the last of life force flying back to the ship. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, and it's one of those things where they don't have to come up with some super, like, it can understandable be thing. thing because everybody knows. It's like, um, I know you don't watch the show, but, um, Rizzoli and Isles, uh, this character that I really like, his name's Lee Thompson Young. He was, uh, the famous Jet Jackson on the Disney yeah. Channel. He committed suicide while that show was going on. Oh, I didn't they, know. I thought he's like grown when it happened. No, nah, he is grown. He was grown. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this thought, is after wow. Famous Jet Jackson. He's on Rizzoli and Owls as a regular character. Oh, okay. Got gotcha, The show gotcha, Rizzoli gotcha. and Owls. Yeah. I just got the woman that used to be on Law and Order. I can't remember her name. But anyway, he committed suicide while he was starring on that show. Wow. And they um they were able to, like, resolve it. So, like, he died, like, suddenly. 
and they were able to resolve it where he like died in some kind of explosion and they had a memorial service. So, I mean, they, they can figure out a way to do that. Like that's my, the least of my concerns for this movie. But one of my biggest concerns is like, what are they going to do with the Knights of the Ren? Is Ray going to start a Jedi temple? She's got all the books. Um, and she's like, she already knows how to fight. Like she already knows how to fight. Yeah, man. well, that's because like, she had to fend for herself. But, on, but, on a... but that's what makes her different than like Luke. Luke was a farmer, you know. Like he didn't know anything about fighting, and Anakin didn't either. He used like, to shoot swamp rats. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I'm not saying that she's like Jedi master level, but I don't think it would be that hard from her for her to make that jump to like a Kylo Ren type character. Now that she has the Force literature. You know, and she has Ghost Luke and Ghost Yoda to help yeah. her because they're they're gonna be both giving. She her has Ghost everybody to help her if they exactly, come around. exactly. Even but America. but 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 yeah, she having little to no training. She's as powerful as Kylo, which is just, just kind think of about amazing. Luke. Think about what Luke did in the first movie. Yeah, he basically without using a tar- targeting computer shot missiles into the Death Star and exploded yeah. it. Using the force, yeah, like there's sure. there's precedent for this. You yeah. know, he went toe to toe with Vader in the second movie. With basically, he left, he left his master just like Ray did. Yeah, and basically went toe to toe with Darth Vader. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. the most powerful Jedi in the or not Jedi Force user in the galaxy. He basically went toe to toe with him. You know, up until he got his hand cut off. But <laughs> no, and yeah. But it's like it's not true. It's not like it's not like Luke had all this training either before he became Return of the Jedi Luke, like yeah. saving everybody. You know, it's not like he went through years of training like Anakin did. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's that's co- what people don't remember. They they probably just think about how Anakin was really the only one that was trained from like a kid. Yeah. You know, that's true. like. That's true. And look how he turned out. So is that, all, <laughs> is that necessarily a good thing? It's, it's going to be interesting, man. I'm I'm all about to see what happens next. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I know they'll do a good JJ. JJ only lets me down in, in Star, Star Trek movies, but uh, I think he'd be good for Star Wars. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm excited about it. I'm excited. God. <laughs> Oh God, that was so bad. I laughed, dude. I, I laughed too. I, laughed. I did too. <laughs> it was not. Dramatic. I think I was the only one in the theater bust out laughing. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. I was like, no, Zachary Quinto, no. But yeah, man, uh, that's been an interesting discussion. We may have to break this out into a two-parter. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we kind of ran because we talked for thirty minutes of the normal stuff, and then we well, yeah. we went on a rant on Star Trek, uh, Star Wars. Well, about an hour or not. So, let's, let's okay. Not, uh, it's not, not as bad as I thought it was. Cool, man. So, uh, yeah. So, so, final verdict. Like, I really love Star Wars. I know it wasn't perfect. You know, I'm not naive about it, but I feel like it captured the spirit of Star Wars. It broke new ground, and it was very, very entertaining. Like, whether you liked it or hated it, you cannot say that movie was not entertaining. Like, yeah. you, oh, you definitely. just can't say that. Definitely. So. But I will say this is the second Star Wars movie that I've seen consecutively in a theater while I walked out and I had to really think about it. And that's not a bad thing. Like when I left Rogue One, I was, I was. Didn't really know how you felt. I didn't know how I felt, but I saw, I went like two more times to see that movie. I love it now. Now, so. of all the new movies, I do think Rogue, Rogue One is the best out of all the new ones. I do yeah. think that, even yeah. though I love this movie, I think Rogue One is still better than better than in the other two 
sequel. I don't know. I love Force Awakens too. I love Force Awakens, but I love it because I don't know if I love it because it was a great great movie, which it is, or if I love it because it just it's new Star Wars. And it captured the essence of being in a Star Wars world without having Jedi being the focus. And that, I mean, and you know, again, without the top three old school characters, and I guess that's what we have to look to going forward. What we what can we do in the Star Wars universe? And not have those characters, but still have Jedi. In in some instances, not even have Jedi. We have a solo movie coming out, so it's you know I'm 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 happy to see what they'll do, and I just I just hope Disney. Man, as long as they let Lucasfilm do their thing, like they're letting Marvel do their thing, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, let Deadpool do his thing too. All the people like, oh my God, what's gonna happen to Deadpool? And anything you're looking forward to in 2018 that you kind of Black Panther. Yeah, Black and, Panther. And um, Infinity War. Both of those are going to be awesome. Get yeah. this man a shield. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't oh, yeah. wait, man. It's like there has never, ever been a big budget, to this degree, superhero movie starring a black male lead. I mean, you might say a Hancock or or Blade, but the budgets for those movies weren't nearly yeah. as big as this. Blade was huge back in his day. It, it, it actually huge. did a large part of kicking off this whole superhero you know, big budget, well, not big, well, big budget for his day movies that, right. that we that we see. I'm not one about, like, mobilizing the black community <laughs> or doing any of this stuff. Oh, but but, we covered out for that. But what I'm <laughs> saying to you people, and yes, I mean you people, what I'm saying is, <laughs> if you want to see more black-oriented action superhero movies, please go see Black Panther. Oh, yeah. This is, this is the test right here. If you don't go out and see this movie, you have no right to complain about us not getting movies because, like, this is the one. Yeah. This is it. And from every indication we've seen on this trailer, Marvel is going freaking huge. They're going all in. We will. We we almost certainly are going to see the soul gem in this movie. Because that's the only one we haven't seen. So it, it's a huge so part. Gym, yeah, it's that racist. little on the nose. That's, that's a little racist. on the nose. <laughs> Both of y'all racist. The dog. man that played James Brown has a soul gym. <laughs> oh. Got that feeling. I feel good. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Oh, good God. man. <laughs> James Brown. Did you see this interview? Oh, well, I, okay, that's getting off the off the reel. <laughs> the one where he's on there with the lady <laughs> and he's drunk. He's <laughs> like, I got soul. <laughs> Mr. Brown, um, how do you feel about your next next set of concerts? <laughs> I got soul. I'm super bad. I feel good. Oh god. He's just not even answering. He's like, yeah. like some of my friends used to joke, they were like, I don't want James Brown's money, I want James Brown's Coke dealer's money. Oh man. <laughs> Got yeah, got that feeling. Got that. Yeah, we gotta put a link to that that clip. It's, oh, it's, yeah. hilarious. it's hilarious. <laughs> what about any tech? Any tech you looking forward to in twenty eighteen? Uh yeah, uh Volta, the new video uh, yeah. chips. Uh other than that, we got Ryzen two coming out. Um I want to say that I have a feeling that Sony at least is going to announce their next console. Um, I don't think Microsoft's going to have... I think the X is their next console. Yeah. I don't think the PS4 Pro is Sony's. I think we're going to see a PS4, PS5, if not late next year. We will see it early 2020 or 2019. Yeah, 2019. We'll see it in 2019. If not, we should get some E3 news about it, I would I would guess. Um, yeah, looking for Ripple to get higher. That's yeah. <laughs> so, about it. I guess I'm kind of interested to see what Microsoft does in their uh, PC space. Uh, they haven't really done anything major with the Surface tablet in the last year or an, and a half. 
of course they have they came out with the surface laptop and you know it seemed like that's going strong and they have the surface desktop big tablet thing that that's that's going strong so i'm kind of interested to see what they do i want to see what apple does this year uh it's going, probably going to be a s year for them or just an iterative year because it came out with the x this year so i'm kind of interested to see just where they go because you know to me the x is kind of a stretch you know we have this whole face id thing you know maybe they'll go go back and add the touch id <laughs> to the device as well but but I, i'm i'm because seem like they're kind of in a hole because it's not a lot you can do to make a smartphone better you know so i go ahead <laughs> i know we're a big fan of inappropriate acronyms but i'm looking for the iphone se x so like, <laughs> I, I, I see so what like, you did there. So like the iPhone SE size, but yeah. the iPhone X screen, you know, with like no button. Yeah. Just like complete no, like complete no bezel. Like that's what I'm looking for from Apple. And yeah, hopefully it'll change the <laughs> the acronym there. But you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like that would be their killer. Like I would buy one of those. Really? Because it's just the per- the SEs to me is like the perfect size. But if you can get that bigger screen on it and not have yeah, all that bezel, the bezelless, yeah, because because the X is pretty much it's it's not huge. It's, it's not the it's size a, of a regular iPhone yeah, eight. Yeah. Know? So I mean, they definitely could do that. But yeah, I, again, you know, interesting to see what Apple does in the next year and and in the Vive two too. That yeah. Well, the whole VR space as a whole, like it. I guess this year was not a just huge year for VR. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was kind. Of, it was kind of a <laughs> kind of a down year. Yeah, it felt like it was more of test, still testing the grounds year. They didn't really. There wasn't a huge splash. I mean, you had some titles that did pretty well, but it's to me, it just seems like it just haven't reached that next plateau. You know, so next level. A little cheaper first. Yeah, that's true. Cool. They're using a Tesla model where the more expensive model funds research for the cheaper model, and hopefully they just yeah. keep doing it till they get down to one ninety nine, which I feel like is a sweet spot for VR. And if Microsoft would come out with a bundle where you get like an Xbox One X VR headset and a game for like three or four hundred dollars, I know that's asking a lot. But if they could do that, then I feel like VR could probably really go mainstream. Yeah, it's just you can't have a four hundred dollar console and a four hundred dollar VR add on and at, you know expect people to break into that mainstream wise anyway. So. Yeah, and then like you said, the price. They keep doing this iterative model where you have the new, great, latest, and greatest that comes out at the old price point. I think if they if they keep that going, I think it'll really start to come down and get cheaper and get more uh, available to the masses as we go on. Yeah, 2018 should be an interesting year, though, nonetheless. Cool. We'll be here to talk tech. So, all right, guys. Till next time. Cool. <laughs> very very quick. Very very quick. Very very quick. Very very quick. I can't I can't beat that. <laughs> I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.